Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. So good to have you in my basement once again. And I'm excited to share the word with you for just a couple of moments today. Um, I'm also excited because we're going to be jumping into a brand new series today. Uh, the content of this series, I really do believe over the coming weeks, will have the power to equip all of us not to just survive the season we find ourselves in, but to truly thrive in the midst of it. Um, I think, as the young people say, uh, to cause us to crush it, I think is the, is the right phrase. And I can say as the young people, because as you probably noticed by now, uh, my lack of barbering is revealing the, the truth about my age. And so I feel very antiquated here, uh, unless I need Jonah. Jonah, come back to me. I need a barber again. Uh, but we're going to go into a series this weekend, and we are calling it Fight Right. It's based in Ephesians chapter 6, as the Apostle Paul unpacks the armor of God, and he teaches us how to fight right. Uh, we're calling it that because obviously those two words rhyme, and everybody knows that a good sermon series requires rhyming. No, we're calling it that because it's important not to just try to swing our arms and flail in the spirit, but to truly understand how to fight correctly, how to fight in such a way where you win, because it is entirely possible to fight wrong. I grew up as a young guy not being much of a fighter. Um, I'm half Italian, and so I've always considered myself to be a little bit more of a lover than a fighter, if you will. Uh, and if that didn't work, my father was an attorney, and so uh, being the son of an attorney, I learned how to fight with my words and uh, my sarcasm a little bit more than with my fists. But there was one time in junior high where I actually got into a physical altercation. And as I'm saying this, I'm actually realizing that I, I probably never shared this story with my parents. So this is going to be equal parts analogy and confession for mom and dad. Sorry, mom and dad, I love you. But uh, when I was in junior high, I did get into a single altercation. The only fight I ever got into as a kid. Um, I was at school and there was this kind of bullyish guy named Mark. Mark. And uh, he, uh, he was always picking on kids and talking trash to everybody. And so one day I just got sick of Mark and I said, you know what, Mark, after school, it's going down. I challenge you to a duel. And, and even that phrase probably makes it obvious that I was not much of a fighter. Who says that I challenge you to a duel? But I, I, I wanted to fight him after school. We had this drugstore next to our junior high. And uh, anytime there were fights, everybody knew that you went to the empty parking lot behind the drugstore and said, I'm going to meet you in the parking lot after school. And so when the last bell rang, uh, we all made our way over to the, the parking lot. And it is exactly the scene that you're picturing in your head right now from every teenage movie you've ever watched. There's a, a circle of kids and, you know, they're all chanting, fight, 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 fight. And so, you know, I, I square up and I start to get ready like I'm going to fight this guy. And it dawns on me like the second before this whole thing goes down, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have never been in a fight before. I don't know how to fight. What is... What is proper fight etiquette? Do I wait for the first punch to come my way? Do I throw the first punch? I mean, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so I, uh, I do my best to, you know, flail my scrawny little arms at, at this guy and, and, and to instigate the fight that I called in the first place. And it became pretty obvious to myself, to Mark and everybody else watching that I had no idea what I was doing. About 30 seconds into the fight, after getting hit a few times in the face, I had a revelation. I don't like this. This is horrible. Why are we doing this right now? I do not enjoy fighting. So I literally ran to the sidelines. I grabbed my backpack and I ran home and consoled myself with 
goldfish crackers and a couple of Capri Suns, as every good junior hire does. And, and in the coming weeks, I asked my parents, I'm like, hey, can you sign me up for boxing? I just want to, I want to learn how to fight. And so mom and dad, now you know why I asked you to sign me up for boxing at the Georgie Duke Center. It's because I got pummeled in front of all of my friends behind Long's Drugs next to Bacopinia Middle School. Yeah, it was not a good fight. I, I lost that fight because I didn't know how to fight. I'd never been in a fight before. And since I didn't know what I was doing, it became pretty obvious just a, a few seconds into the fight that I was not going to win that thing. And I think, as you know, comically as it might sound to draw the analogy, I think that a lot of us probably find ourselves in a similar situation right now surrounded, being instigated, facing an enemy, and, and really feeling this sense of, I don't know how to fight the battle that I'm in right now. Maybe as you're watching this today, you feel like you're ill-equipped. Maybe you feel like you're down for the count. You've just been getting pummeled right now. Maybe you feel like you're bordering defeat. And it's not because you don't love Jesus. It's not because you don't read enough Bible. It's not because the enemy is greater than you are. It's simply because you don't know how to fight this fight. We've never been here before. And maybe some of us are truly ill-equipped. We don't know what it takes to win this battle. Well, we're gonna change that. Starting today and in the coming weeks, we're gonna change that. And we're gonna train ourselves how to fight this thing through. Because I believe wholeheartedly that God has called each and every one of us to come out of this thing victorious. The Bible says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, the Apostle Paul tells his disciple Timothy, he says, I want you to fight the good fight of faith. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one kind of fight that classifies as a good fight, and that's the kind of fight that you win. It's not a good fight, even if you got a few good punches in and maybe threw a quick drop kick in there somewhere or whatever terms you use for fighting. It's not good if you just got a few licks in, but you still end up on the ground. No, unless you're standing up, unless you're the victor at the end of the fight, it's not a good fight. Now we're gonna fight the good fight and we're gonna come out of this thing on top, victorious in Jesus' name. And so today we're gonna to start by taking a look at the first couple of verses in Ephesians chapter six that we're gonna be studying. And uh, you can find this in your Bible. We'll put it up on the screen as well. But Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 starts out like this. A final word from the apostle Paul, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting marks out there. No, we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, in other words, in light of everything I just told you, in light of the fact that we're not fighting flesh and blood and we're fighting spirits, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Now, for the next five verses, Paul begins to itemize each of these pieces of armor that we're gonna discuss in the subsequent weeks and why we, should, uh, why we should put every single one of those things on as we go to the fight. But today, I wanna focus on these first few verses that we read because Paul unpacks something here that I think all of us need to be aware of, and it might sound semi-obvious, but here's what Paul is starting off this entire army-equipping, battle-equipping moment with. He's like, hey, I just need to remind you, you're in a fight. Uh, let, me, let me warn you today, and I apologize if this insults your intelligence because of its simplicity, but it's something you must be convinced of, first and foremost, if you're gonna come out of this thing victorious. Let me remind every single one of us, you are in a fight. 
Now, again, that might sound obvious to some people. You're like, yeah, if I'm in a fight, of course, it's obvious that I'm in a fight. And the reason that might sound obvious to you is because you're a woman. Yeah, I said because you're a woman. Because every man watching this right now, every husband, every boyfriend, every man who's been one of those two things in his lifetime, he understands you can be in a fight and not realize it. It's entirely possible. I've been in plenty of fights with my wife where I had no clue we were in a fight. I ignored all of the nonverbal cues or the emotional cues or the mood swings. And I didn't find out until hours or days or sometimes weeks later that, oh, oh, we were in a fight. I had no clue that we were in a fight. I didn't even know we were fighting. Yeah, it's entirely possible to be in a fight and not realize it. But it's impossible to win a fight that you don't realize you're in. If you're taking any notes, I want you to write this simple phrase down. It's what I want to camp on for the next couple of moments and actually the remainder of our time together. Ignorance is the devil's greatest strategic advantage. Ignorance is the devil's greatest strategic advantage. One of the great ploys of the enemy is to cause believers to forget or even to be ignorant of the fact that they are in the middle of a spiritual battle. It sounds like this. It's a phrase that you've heard thrown out there before, but it's quoted oftentimes like it's scripture, like it's actually written in the Bible, but it's not. People say this all the time. Well, you know, everything happens for a reason. It's kind of this fatalistic free fall statement that we just are along for the ride. Everything happens for a reason. One of my favorite memes quotes that statement. It says, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes those reasons are because you're stupid and you make bad decisions, but everything does happen for a reason. Yeah, it's kind of this... Carte blanche, throw everything in the air. It's, you know, we just kind of go with the flow. Everything happens for a reason. Well, and that's a great thing the enemy would love to plant in our minds, plant in our spirits to make us believe that he has nothing to do with what's happening. Ignorance is one of his greatest strategic advantages. Uh, The author C.S. Lewis writes in the introduction of his book, the Screwtape Letters, which, by the way, is an amazing read. If you're looking for something to dive into during this, uh, this quarantine season, uh, I would strongly recommend Screwtape Letters. It's an amazing book. But here's what C.S. Lewis writes at the introduction of the book. He says, The general public prefers to ignore the forces of evil altogether, to pretend they don't exist, and to use cartoon images of a devil with horns and hooves as an argument to that effect. The general public likes to ignore the fact that demonic forces even exist. I think that's where so many people, and sadly so many Christians, live. Conveniently ignorant to the fact that we are involved in a life or death spiritual battle. That there is a real enemy that's trying to oppose us. And the reason I say conveniently ignorant is because it is convenient. It's another lie that many of us have bought into before. Another statement you've heard in our society. This idea that that ignorance is bliss. You know, if I don't know about it, 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 it's not going to hurt me. As if to say, if I don't know that this bad thing is happening or I don't know of its existence, then I can live in this sort of utopian state where I don't have to pay any attention or do anything about the realities I'm facing right now. And ignorance might be bliss if, Someone is talking trash about you and you just want to let it brush off your shoulder and you didn't know about it. Or ignorance is bliss if maybe your favorite department store had a sale and you were unaware of it and everyone else got to buy the shoes you've always wanted, but you didn't get to buy them. But, you know, you didn't know about it, so it didn't hurt you. But let me tell you why ignorance is not bliss when it comes to the spiritual warfare that every single one of us face. 
It's not bliss because whether or not you pay attention to it, whether or not you acknowledge it, you are still in the middle of a fight. It's not going anywhere. The only choice you have in the matter is whether or not you are going to engage in the battle that the enemy is throwing your way. And this is why Paul, he goes to specific care. Before he starts telling us about shields and helmets and swords and different things we're supposed to wear and use in the battle before any of that, he wants to make sure that we remember, guys, you are in the middle of a fight. You're not fighting against things of this world. You're not fighting against flesh and blood. You are fighting a spiritual enemy. This is a real spiritual battle that you find yourself in. Let me remind you today, there is a real enemy. There is a real devil, and he hates you. In fact, more than he hates you, he hates the God that's on the inside of you. And he will do whatever he can to try to take your life out. He will try to prolong your anxiety and keep you afraid and keep you vexed and throw whatever he can throw your way to get you off track. He's gonna do whatever it takes namely trying to keep you ignorant of his existence and the attack that's coming your way because he understands that if you're simply ignorant of the battle, if you have no idea that you're fighting a spiritual war, then you'll do something. It'll lead you somewhere. Ignorance will lead you to a place of acceptance, a place where you just sort of accept what's surrounding you, accept the hand that's been dealt to you, and just kind of, Lay down and take it and go, you know what? There's no chance of anything changing. I'm just going to cuddle up here and stay a while. Things are going to be this way for a bit. Let me, let me tell you a phrase that I've heard a lot lately, a phrase that it irks me to the core, a phrase that definitely rubs me the wrong way. And if I knew how to fight, I'd probably punch somebody the next time they said it to me. It's a phrase that you've probably heard kind of going around in your circles. And, and you know what I hate most about it? I hear it a lot from Christians and I hear it a lot from pastors right now that I talk to. Here's the phrase. Well, you know, this is just our new normal. This, this is it. This is our, our new normal. We just need to, to get used to what we're facing right now and, and acclimate to this and accept this is our reality. This is, this is our new normal. Really? Is that what we're gonna sign up for? Are we going to verbally commit and make a contract that this is going to be our new normal? That incurable sickness, that normalization of death, that an economy that is blown up and millions of people without jobs and people unable to provide for themselves and their families and social isolation and social distancing and quarantine, that's going to be our new normal. Homeschool is going to be our new normal. Dear Jesus, that that we're never going to be able to go out on a date again and you know we're going to have to hang around our children 24/7. Is that the new normal we really want to sign up for? I don't think so. I don't want to sign up for that. I I love my children, but I don't want to sign up for this normalcy and this acceptance of what we're experiencing right now. You can choose whatever you want, but this isn't going to be my new normal. I'm pretty sure that Jesus isn't just sitting back in heaven going, all right, guys, I just, you need to learn to accept this. This is gonna be your reality. Just go ahead, and, go ahead and take it like a man, as if we're just supposed to acquiesce to this current existence and just assume that this is what life is going to be like from now on. I've heard a lot of predictions about social patterns and how it's gonna take years for anything to get back to a sense of normalcy. And, 
you know, I, I understand reality. I'm not sticking my head in the sand like an ostrich, but at the same time, I refuse to accept that God is not bigger than this and that this is just going to become our new normal. When you accept that this is a new normal, without realizing it, what you're really saying is that in some way, this was God's plan for humanity, that this was God's best. This was God's idea to begin with. When we say that this is our new normal, we're saying, you know what? This is God's punishment. This is God's plan. This is God's way of, of, of taking care of sin and all the issues that we're facing on the planet, which is to say that Jesus didn't suffer enough on the cross. It is to dishonor and disregard the fact that the Bible says all of the justified wrath, all of the judgment, including sickness and sin and poverty and everything else, everything else that people are facing right now is to disregard that the Bible says clearly that was poured out on Jesus once and for all so that we could be set free from those things. Now, I cannot accept that this is going to be my new normal, and you shouldn't accept that this is going to be your new normal either. We should not arrive at this place of acceptance while we refuse to fight the spiritual battle that we're facing. Because listen, just as, as ignorance will lead you to acceptance, acceptance will lead you somewhere as well. Acceptance will lead you to coping. Or if you want a, a more polished spiritual way of saying it, Paul said it like this. You'll start to fight this thing in the flesh. You'll flesh and blood fight instead of fighting in the spirit. That's all coping is. It's finding ways to deal with what we're facing in the natural it's to take in things, substances, distractions, to try to numb us from the pain that we're actually feeling, to just ignore it, to just accept it, and to try to deal with it in our own strength. Or even worse, I hear a lot of people doing this right now, to romanticize the season that we're in so that we can make ourselves feel like it's better than it really is to mask it as something good. Heard this, maybe you've heard a few of these statements. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of a good thing. You know, it's, people were overworked and we didn't know how to Sabbath, we didn't know how to rest. And yeah, I understand that, you know, all of this happened, but it's kind of good that we're, it's like a forced rest. It's a, it's a forced Sabbath. You know, the, the earth needed a break. We needed pollution to lift for a little while and the earth needed to breathe, and you know, maybe this is just maybe this just is a good thing, and it's it's not as bad as we think. Or people are learning how to prioritize the right stuff and their families, and you know, it's it's just it's just it's good. No, it's not. This is not good. Let's not try to twist this and make it feel better than it really is. Let's not try to sugarcoat it or frost it or whatever else we need to do to make it look pretty. Listen, this is bad. When Christians start calling bad things good, we're simply aligning our confession with the demonic confession that none of us should be aligned with in the first place. Only hell itself would call a bad thing good. No, this is bad. In fact, let's call it what it is. This is demonic. This pandemic that we're facing, it is demonic in nature. It is from hell itself. This is not something good. This is not something God. This is demonic in nature. You know, there's a, there's a lot of attempts right now by news outlets and governing agencies to try to find out where this thing came from. Everyone's trying to, you know, figure out its origin. And even if tomorrow, all of the news organizations unanimously agreed that we could source this thing back and we found where it came from. And, you know, 
it was that place and those people or whatever it is, at the end of the day, it would be nothing more than a mask over what it really is and where it really came from. This thing came from hell itself. It is just the enemy's most recent attempt to do what he's always done, to try and steal, to try and kill, and try to destroy everything that God wants to do on this planet. This is demonic in nature. It is not good. And it's important that we understand that. Now listen, I don't say that to freak you out. I don't say that so that You know, you can add spiritual principalities and demons to the list of things that you're worried about on any given day. I don't say that because I've been cooped up in my house and I've finally gone mad and, you know, I'm trying to find ghosts and and buy into conspiracy theories or whatever. That's, That's not why I'm telling you this right now. It's not because I'm some spiritual nut job trying to find demons under every rock. Let me tell you why it's imperative that you understand that this thing is demonic in nature, that the thing is not good, It's not God, because if you don't realize the kind of fight that you're in, you'll never square up to the battle. You'll just stand there and you'll take it until you can't stand any longer. You know, and I know that that is not God's plan for your life, that you would end up in a heap on the ground with the enemy laughing in your face. In fact, this very scripture tells us that in Ephesians chapter 6, that at the end of this whole thing, at the end of the battle, God's desire is that we would still be standing. And you know who's standing at the end of the fight? It's not the guy that lost. It's the winner. It's the victor. It's the person who on the other side of this thing knows, you know what? I win. I win. My enemy's on the floor. I am victorious. That's what God has called us to be, victorious in this season. And let me let you in on a little secret. If you fight, if you don't ignore, if you don't accept, if you don't try to cope, but if you fight, you will win this battle. If the body of Christ fights, we will win. Hey, I don't know if they told you, but the fight is fixed. This whole thing is rigged. You have the God of the universe in your corner the one who spoke the heavens and the earth into existence, the one who it says in the book of James that at the mention of the name of Jesus, demons actually shudder. In Romans, it says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus is Lord. He is standing in your corner. And as long as you acknowledge, as long as you realize who's with you, you are going to win this battle. If you fight, you will win. The Bible says in in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, that when Jesus gave his life on a cross, he disarmed hell of all of its authority. Every spiritual principality was put to death right then and there. Hell, death, the grave, Jesus conquered it all on the cross. They have no authority any longer. And any attempt the enemy makes to try to fight against Christians or to fight against the God on the inside of us from now on is nothing more than a failed grasp at authority that he already lost. If you fight, you will win this battle. This is the moment where everybody in the church, if we were all together, you'd be standing on your feet and clapping your hands and slapping each other. And I want us to sense that. I want us to sense this this urgency, this thing on the inside of us that says, I'm not gonna just sit here and take this. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm gonna fight until we see victory in this thing. Listen, I get it. 
We've all been here longer than we expected we would be. Battle fatigue is setting in in some Christians, but I am tired of seeing believers laying on the ground in a heap, just going, you know what? We're just gonna take this thing. We're just gonna, we're gonna ride this thing out. Listen, that is not what you've been called to do, to accept, to cope, to just isolate and live in the existence that we're in. No, we've been called to fight. And it's time that we equip ourselves to do that. And so in the subsequent weeks, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to look at some of the, the pieces of armor that Paul, uh, Paul unpacks in this, this passage of Scripture so that, he, that we can equip ourselves efficiently to fight the enemy that we're facing. But for today, the most important thing that we understand is, guys, we are in a spiritual battle, and the fight is fixed. If we fight, we win. So let me land this morning uh, the same place that we started, which is consequently where the Apostle Paul ends this letter. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he starts it off by saying, a final word. This is his final word. This is my final word to you today. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Before we get to this point where we're going to put on armor next week, before we get to preparing ourselves for the battle, here's where it starts. We must be in the Lord. The victory, the equipment needed to fight, it is only promised to those who are in the Lord. Let me use a different phrase since we're talking about being battle ready. Hey, before you fight, you need to be enlisted, so to speak. And in the same way that a soldier gives up his life or her life and pledges allegiance to the, the battle, pledges allegiance to the force that they're fighting with. So in humanity, there's a moment where all of us must come to this place where we collapse of self, we stop trying to rely on our own efforts, we stop trying to fix things on our own. We say, you know what? I'm gonna rely on someone else's power, on the power and the might of the Lord. I'm going to let God into my life so that I can be in his army and so that he can fight my battles for me. That, that is where all of this starts today. And I know that many of you watching, you've already made that decision. You've chosen to enlist in the Lord's army as the, the song in Sunday school told us many years ago. But I also know that there's a lot, a lot of people watching today that maybe you've never made that decision before. Or maybe you did years ago, but you've strayed away and before you learn how to fight this thing, you just need to come to this place where you say, I need to be in God again. I need, I need to be in relationship with him. And, and so in just a moment, I want to pray a very simple prayer with you. And the words of the prayer don't matter. You can pray it along in your heart or out loud, wherever you're watching from. But I believe that as you invite God in, and as he makes his, his way into your heart today and he becomes the commander of your life, as you follow him, you're not going to just make it through this thing and survive, but you're truly going to thrive. You're going to crush this season. You're going to come out a victor on the other side of it. Let me pray with you this morning. Jesus, I thank you that you are for us. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. Thank you that no enemy that comes against us ever stands a chance at taking us out as long as we are in you because we know that we can rely on the might and the power of the God of the universe. You are in our corner. First, I pray for every person watching that is already enlisted in your army. 
I pray for fresh strength to come into their life right now, a vigor to fight, to not accept the reality that we're facing, not simply try to cope with what we're facing, but that they would pick themselves up, they would dust themselves off, as it says in Scripture, that the righteous would would get up again and that they would begin to fight. God, let a fresh fight come up in every single heart of those watching today. And for those that need to make this decision to enlist in the army of God, to to hand their life over to you so that they can be in the Lord. Right now, we just pray, and you can join me along right there. Lord, come into my life. I know I've been far from you. I, I know I've been distant, but I so desperately need you in this season. I've come to this place where I realize I can't do this on my own. I need to put my trust and my faith in someone much greater than me. And so today, I choose to follow you. I give you my life. Help me to be your disciple and to walk in your ways from this day forward until I see you in heaven. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer uh, and you're watching on our live stream right now, you'll see an icon in the, in the screen that allows you to lift your hand and take the next steps, and we want to walk you along on this journey. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, there's a connect link right below you, and you can click on that as well. And again, it'll take you to a place where we can get a little bit of information from you so that one of our team can reach out to you this week and help you develop this new relationship with Jesus. We're so passionate about people taking the next steps and wanna help you start the journey strong. Get a Bible in your hand, teach you how to pray, all that great stuff. Uh, But for the rest of you, here's what you need to know. We love you. Uh, We're praying for you every single day, and we can't wait for the moment we can gather together again soon. I hope to see you next week as we talk a little bit more about the armor of God and how God can equip us to win this battle. Have a great Sunday. We love you guys. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we want to pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.